Are we live? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. You got to really get up on that. All right. Ready to go? All right. Hello, everyone. Um, we are actually streaming live. Uh, this is JavaScript Air. Feel free right. to continue to chat if you don't care. But uh, JavaScript is a cool thing. Um, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Uh, JavaScript in the web platform. So if you're not familiar with JavaScript Air, it's a live broadcast podcast. Um, and uh, we do shows every week for the next couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're, we're here on site at Connect Tech in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm joined uh, by a couple awesome speakers. We'll, we'll get a chance to introduce everybody here in a second. Um, but I, I'd like to give a shout out to a couple sponsors just really quick. Egghead.io is our premier sponsor. They have training videos and they're super cool. Uh, Frontend Masters is another sponsor and they're uh, super awesome for training as well. And um, TrackJS is, thank you, TrackJS is super cool too. Um, they uh, will track your JavaScript errors, so check them out. Um, and yeah, those are our uh, platinum and silver sponsors. So um, yeah, for the next like half hour, we're just going to be chatting about uh, what this conference is all about. So let's go ahead and get an intro to the people we have on the panel. So my name is Kent C. Dodds. I work for PayPal, and we're hiring, and it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's me. Why don't uh, we get an intro to everybody else? Hey, my name is Stephanie Brubaker. I'm a for former Google developer. Uh, I now work at a startup called Full Story here in the big ATL. And we are also hiring. I'm sure we're just as famous as PayPal, pretty much. Um, but if you want to work in a smaller shop, we're a great, great employer. Yeah, Full Story is really cool, by the way. They, uh, it's basically a DVR for your website. Or as I called it to somebody uh, on the marketing team one time, uh, a reality show for your website. Uh, it's it's really freaking cool. Uh, my name is Tim Dore. Uh, I'm a CTO over at a company called Showcase IDX in the real estate technology uh, area. We do real estate search for realtor websites. Um, I've been around in the startup community in town for a while. Uh, worked with uh, Full Story a little bit early on at my previous company, Sales Loft, uh, which I see some guys from the company out in the audience. And uh, I work primarily in the open source world on React Router and Redux. Um, kind of maintaining that now. Um, and we're doing <laughs> major releases of pretty much all of those things very soon. Uh, so I'm, I have a very long notification list on GitHub right now. Uh, but yeah, that's my story. I have this microphone. <laughs> yeah, our, uh, our bomb microphones, yeah, right. apparently. <laughs> They, they're great. Uh, so I'm Brian. Uh, I'm a regular panelist on JS Air for the next couple weeks. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ben Alekvadu. Um I'm from the Bay Area, work at Eventbrite. Um, I am, a, I guess, a former senior UI engineer. I just got promoted to be a manager of my front-end uh, platform team, so now I'm in management, I guess. But. I still do code about 40% of the time, so I'm calling myself both engineer and manager. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. So um, all of us have one thing in common. Well, we probably have several things in common. But um, in particular, we um, are all speakers here at the conference. And so um, why don't we just like talk about really uh, quickly what we are each here talking about uh, or, or workshopping about. Um, so uh, since I'm holding the mic, I'll go first. I'm, I gave a workshop yesterday about ES6. Uh, well, it's more like ES next things, um, including ES 2016 and 2017. 
Um, and all that stuff can be found um, online. I even like did a recording. Um, and then today I'm doing a talk on uh, testing React, um, which is kind of fun. So I've been a full stack developer for a long time. I've worked with a lot of designers. I've had the privilege of working with the same designer that I worked with at Google for about six or seven years now, because um, he came with us to full story. So we're actually um, co-presenting a talk about bridging the designer developer gap, about um, just finding ways to work together very tightly and to use a very iterative process to actually come up with the best product that you can conceive of. And it's right after lunch, so if anybody wants to come, please come to room 103. That sounds cool. I heard a lot of stuff out of uh, CSS Conf about that kind of thing, like bridging the gap with a lot of the uh, that's happening and, and what it takes to get there, because uh, there's kind of a gulf right now. You know, people want to hold fast to their existing tool sets of CSS that's just native CSS, um, and this, all this new stuff that's happening that tightly integrates with all the apps that we're building that are super complex and would benefit from having a better coupling um, and just how do we do that. So uh, a lot of that's like a, I'll definitely be there. Um, I'm talking tomorrow morning uh, at 10.20 in room C about React Router 4, which is our upcoming um, giant middle finger to the entire JavaScript community, apparently. Uh, based purely on my Twitter feed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty nervous about that talk, mainly because I don't want to get like tomatoes thrown at me. Um, but hopefully it'll go well. Uh, I assure you there are plenty of funny uh, gifts throughout the entire thing and lots of humorous uh, puns and whatnot. So it, it can be entertaining on that level at the very least. Um, and yeah, we'll be going over like what is a router, how, how does that work, and then what do we do differently for React Router 4 where we've rewritten the whole thing. Or I should say, uh, more accurately, Ryan, uh, Florence, and Michael Jackson have rewritten the whole thing. I just came along for the ride. Um, and you know, what, what the implications of that are. So uh, it should be a pretty interesting, it's exciting future for that uh, library. So uh, looking forward to kind of getting some knowledge out about that. Monads. <laughs> that was terrifying. I, it is October, so fitting. <laughs> actually, sorry. So, actually, last year, um, like two days after uh, Halloween, I was like, oh, snap, I totally missed it. Like, the scariest costume I could have had for Halloween was, like, to be a monad. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, or a burrito, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you think would have understood the monad joke? <laughs> Like two on your block? <laughs> yeah, that might be a little tough to, to pull off. But. Yeah, so I, I was smart and decided to do two talks today. Yeah. Right? So I got I had one that I just did, finished 15 minutes ago. So if my eyes are a little sleepy, that's, that's why. Um, it was about uh, navigating the React ecosystem, but I called it the solar system because they're all revolving around React. So kind of just showed off. Yeah, you see what I did there? Uh, so they're just kind of talking about what's all there, uh, what are the options, how do they work, why you would need them, when you should learn them, basically. Um, so I gave a shout-out to React Router to come to your talk tomorrow. Gave a shout-out to testing, so they should come later today for that. Um, and then got, gave a huge shout-out to React Create App for what it can do and how it makes life a whole lot better. And then later to, uh, this evening, I'm talking about building isomorphic JavaScript uh, when you don't have a node back in. 
So at Eventbrite, we're a Python Django. How do we actually render server-side when we have Python Django? So I don't want to spoil the surprise of how we did it, but come to the talk and then you'll find out. Yeah, now you got me totally yeah. interested. That sounds, <laughs> sounds really Good. interesting. Yeah, so actually I wanna, uh, wanted to ask you about that uh, um, navigating the uh, solar system a little bit. So like, what what is it about React? Like, I don't feel like there's the same kind of feeling in any other um, like framework out there, like Ember and Angular. It's not so nebulous as uh, as React. So what what about React makes it so um, like makes it so that you even have something to talk about when right. when talking about solar system? Yeah. So with Angular and Ember, um, Nicholas Zakis called those walled gardens. They give you everything you need. Um, they give you Ajax, they give you data, everything you need to do to build an app. If it's provided there, you can't get out of that, which is why people kind of had pushback with that. They're like, we want micro libraries, we want something small so I can piece together what I want to be able to do. And then React is kind of one of those micro libraries. So it does one thing, it does something really, really well. But then now you have to figure out, okay, how do I do Ajax? How do I do, how do I manage my state? How um, do I actually build my app and compile it and stuff like that? So kind of because it does one thing well and you have to put all these things together, that's kind of the world we're in. I don't mind it because I, I like learning all those things, but having something like React Create App kind of is the bridge between the two, which is really nice. Yeah, I was going to say, um, like uh, probably the biggest difference between something like Ember and Angular um, 1 or 2 is, you know, when you plug into those ecosystems, there is a defined API for how you plug in. Exactly. Whereas um, React, there is more of a, a set of patterns. Right. It's not necessarily that you have to, like, uh, I mean, you do have to, in some cases have to call certain things, but more about getting things built the right way. Yep. Um, and that's actually kind of, as a preview to my 4.0 talk, or React Router 4.0 talk, like, that's kind of what we, have been trying to do with 4.0 is embrace the the patterns rather than the APIs. Okay. Because um, uh, one of the big things that um, kind of uh, precipitated us even trying uh, React Router 4 was the fact that um, in React Router 2 and hopefully 3.0 this weekend at some point, um, we basically, like, when you configure your app, passing some JSON objects like the route component yeah. doesn't render which is like right. a core fundamental thing of like React yeah. when, you, <laughs> when you build a component it has a render function that does yep. something return null but it's got to do something Right. ours <laughs> reduces a warning message yep. <laughs> which is not right so the idea was like okay well what if route could render what would huh. it, how'd that work and it was it eventually ballooned in this whole thing of like embracing the entire declarative style that uh, React uh, fosters through just its uh, structure and patterns and things like that. Not a hard, like, hard-written API that you have to follow. Okay. Um, I mean, the hardest API that exists in there is the lifecycle methods that you have to call. But even then, it's about, like, it's less about, like, writing the code that runs within those particular bounds. It's more about, like, how do those things interact? How do those things uh, occur? Uh, when do you do like you know build up and tear down? And uh, how do you like make things so they are super declarative? Gotcha. Um, 
uh, Ryan Florence actually gave a really good talk about this um, at React Rally. Brian was just mentioning this to me, uh, remind me about it, uh, where he basically took a bunch of imperative stuff that was shoved into React and ripped it all apart so it became more declarative code um, and took out things like time and like internal like to a function state yeah. um, and brought it more to the point where you know this thing happens when this state is when this is the current state of this component kind of stuff rather than uh, you know hit this button do these things so uh, I definitely would recommend checking that out yeah so I I know you can describe some people as like commitment phobic I would say I'm framework phobic um, <laughs> So I was, I was talking to Kent last night at dinner, and I said, you know, we just, like, TypeScript is as much structure as I want, um, and we essentially build all of our components from scratch. Um, we have our own, we actually built our own internal um, framework for writing out HTML and binding to the DOM. And um, so I said to Kent, you know, sell me on React. Like, why would I want to use this? And, and actually, you inspired me to go to the intro to React talk this morning to just get a little more info. Like, why would I want to use this? And what I liked about it is that I feel like a lot of frameworks try to do too much. And I want control. And I want to be able to get down to the bare metal, do the exact thing I want. Don't put me on too many rails. And so it felt like React... Uh, is close enough to native code that it's very natural and you could, you have a lot of control, but it's also restricted to doing one aspect, the view, very, very well. And so I can interact with the view in a nice programmatic way, but then the model and everything else around it, I can control. And so that actually felt very freeing because I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. I don't mind plugging in this piece of my system. I just don't want you to take everything. So I, that's something that I love about it as well. I, I'm kind of the type of person who likes to, like, have control. But I know that there are, like, a lot of people who feel differently. And that's why I think that it's awesome that we have, a, like, like a bazaar of, of frameworks that we can choose from. <laughs> like, that's kind of misusing that analogy. But, uh, <laughs> like, just, just having this buffet of, of uh, different options so that we all can... Like identify the thing that uh, that works best with the way that we think about building applications, and then use that. So like, um, I'm not an Angular 2 developer or an Ember developer. Like that's not the way that I think about building applications. I, I like the React way, but I'm glad that those things exist for the people who do think in that way. Um, and I think that's an important distinction, um, and something that I, I think in in like the last year or two we've started coming to that conclusion that, um, okay, like this framework war stuff like doesn't even make sense because we're all different. And so it makes sense that there would be different uh, solutions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I like the control. But when I was first starting out, I didn't know what to pick. Should I pick Webpack? Should I pick Rollup? Should I, like, what should I do? And without uh, something that will create it for me, I had to kind of learn what I should pick before I knew what it should do. And I'm the kind of person where it's like, I want to know everything that I'm putting into what I'm doing. I don't want to just make random decisions. So I was just kind of like, uh, what's what's the phrase where I just, I couldn't make a decision before I could actually do it. So kind of having, paralysis yeah, analysis paralysis. That's exactly it. That's what I had. So at least having something like create React app that'll do it first, then I can actually learn React 
and get that good at that, then I can see, oh, what's this Webpack thing about? What's uh, other parts about as well? What's this ES Lent thing? Stuff like that. Yeah, I, I like how you mentioned that in your talk, you um, talk about uh, like when you learn things because there's so much to learn, right? So I, I want to go back and look at that talk. Um, there's a, a resource from Pete Hunt uh, called React How To that like shows here are the things about the React ecosystem and this is the order you learn them and you don't skip anything. You just learn it in this order. And I think that lots of the principles that um, he's illustrating there apply like across everything, not just uh, React, um, not just um, like software development, but like in your entire life, like um, you you learn things um, as you need to. Like there there are too many things in the world to learn to um, like be sane. Like if you, if you just started um, thinking, oh my goodness, I have to learn this, that, and the other, and um, it, it like it's an analysis paralysis kind of thing. Um, and so, like, the idea is you learn things when you need to, um, not and not before. And that, like, so, like, do you implement Redux right at the start of your application, right at the start of your learning? No, like, you need to figure out why does Redux exist before you uh, start using that size of an abstraction, um, just as an example. And I think that that same kind of concept applies um, throughout a lot of different uh, different things. So let's talk a little bit more about like the conference. So um, we're here in Atlanta. Um, what are some of the uh, things about this conference that are special to you all? Uh, well, I think one thing that's really stands out to me okay. is that the conference is 11 tracks. <laughs> 11. It's like 75% JavaScript. Like, how much JavaScript? Like, that's amazing that you can have a whole conference that that's that big, um, just about JavaScript. So, before last year it was connect.js, and now they've taken it to connect.tech because they have mobile and they have uh, PHP as well, I think. Um, so they kind of broaden it out, but just the sheer size of this is is really amazing. And then the fact that there's a React JS track. I could just park my laptop on a desk in there and just sit there and just get learned on about React, which is great. Yeah, it's definitely massive. <laughs> there's uh, there's like we I, there's a lot of different languages. I wanted to ask you about Go again, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'd think that uh, this JavaScript is kind of the central theme of every developer, so they can watch a talk of JavaScript and all enjoy it. So I like that it's central, but you get to dip into whatever specialty that you'd like, and I think that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of emblematic of like what's going on in the general development community as more and more people are getting into this, this entire world. Um, a lot of people are finding their start using JavaScript because if you have a web browser open, you're literally three keys away from a JavaScript console at any point in time. So you can start coding right away with just pressing three keys. So um, the, the barrier to entry has been lowered significantly um, in the past decade. And, um, you know, as this conference has grown, they've, uh, you know, the names changed from ConnectJS to ConnectTech now um, to indicate, you know, wider breadth and uh, of knowledge throughout it. Uh, but it still has that like JavaScript core. Um, it is again kind of emblematic of uh, you know where a lot of people start and begin. Um, but it's a good place to come and 
uh, kind of branch out and go maybe look at the PHP track and uh, go look at like a specific library that you aren't using it. So like you're a React guy, go look at the uh, you know Angular track. Uh, you're an Ember gal, you go look at the, the React track or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of uh, opportunities to kind of cross pollinate your skill set here. Um, and really branch out, just you know, dip your toe in the water and some stuff, and um, I think that's great because that that's good for anybody, um, regardless of skill level. So, yeah, to kind of echo that sentiment, you know, I I write a lot of code all day. Uh, all looks pretty similar. so being able to come and kind of check out a bunch of technologies that I just don't use day to day and don't really have time sometimes to explore is really, really nice. Um, and I think foundational least limited a of access to bring together and actually ideas and so it's really, really nice to get together here in ATL and actually exchange ideas. Cool. So um, I actually, I'm kind of curious what you all think about uh, um, some things that this conference has really done right. Like, let's, let's just pretend for a moment that there's uh, somebody here listening who wants to organize a conference. Um, what are some of the things that this conference has done really well that, uh, that should be emulated by other conferences? Well, I, I can say they really take care of their speakers. <laughs> I have like an apartment. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been super nice. Like and Patrick, I'm really really impressed by Patrick. Um, just hand, like it's something comes up and he just handles it and like you can't tell whether he's stressed or not. Like he's just an upbeat, happy happy person. Yeah. Well, he's a seasoned speaker himself, so you know. I also uh, just attended like 15 minutes ago because <laughs> I was practicing my talk in my hotel, so I don't really have much to say yet. We'll circle back. Um, something that's always underrated at conferences are the speaker badges, right? So totally the, the speaker agree. badges are nice, and like your name is clear and, and such, so I, I can actually look at somebody and say, oh, okay, hi, Stephanie, like I actually know you because I could just say your name, right? So the speaker badges and they have the barcodes or the sponsor booths we're scanning them so I could automatically be in raffles and stuff like that. Like, they have to write stuff down. Amazing. Sign up for raffles. Yeah. yeah. And I think they also make a big effort to have a wide variety of talks. I mean, there are, you know, really basic beginner talks, specialized case studies. I mean, I know people here who are just getting into web development and to see of what's out there and kind of make some career choices based on it. And there are a lot of seasoned folks who just like exploring, you know, the higher level stuff. So. Yeah, actually, um, on that, I think, like, I, I find over and over again that things are more interesting when there are multiple perspectives. Um, like, that's one of the things I try really hard to do with JavaScript Air is um, I try to make sure that more than just one perspective is being represented on the show. Um, and I think that's one of the things that like makes it really interesting and, and relatable by a lot of different people. Um, and I feel like I totally agree. Like uh, This conference, 
Like it's it's enormous, and if somebody is going to uh, to start a, a new conference, I probably wouldn't recommend doing something this big. Um, yeah. But like with what you are able to do, try to make uh, make it like as diverse as the niche that you're you're going for. So like it's okay to make a React conference or or an Angular conference, um, but make the the content and the speakers that you're having come uh, come from different walks of life and and different uh, kind of backgrounds, different topics. Um, and I think it'll make for a better conference. And they've done that here, I think. So cool. So for the, the last couple of minutes, uh, just to, um, I, I think a lot of people who come to conferences, myself included when I got started, uh, look at speakers and think, oh man, I'd really like to go do that one day. So what are some of the tips that you could give to people um, who are interested in getting involved in, in speaking at conferences? So I think the first thing to realize, and I'll say this especially as a woman in computing, because there's like an extra mental barrier there, I think, in something and has something that they can get up and provide um, So, you know, if there's something to another conference. Conferences like this. So it's it's important to um, have your work heard because there are so many great you really need to be as as possible. And the thing is, you don't even have to be an expert. You just have to have experience. Like, I went through this and it didn't go well, or this part went well. It's like a great talk for somebody you know if you already know what it is just seeing that experience is really great and kind of I what you said like the speakers aren't anointed that's a that's perfect because I used to think oh all of the speakers uh, got selected they already were in the circuit so there's no way for me to get in I didn't even know about CFPs or call for proposals like even that fact that anybody can submit is is something that people should know and just like once you once you realize that that's the process it, it feels like it's not so big of a barrier of entry just to get in there. So um, just have something that you're passionate about that you've experienced. And if you're passionate about it and you can communicate that in a presentation, like, you'll do very well. Yeah, I mean, the, the people that are speaking here are not, like, all chosen by some secret call in the back room of you know, some conference center. It's, you know... The, at least for this one, it's entirely based on calls for uh, presentations or proposals, whatever. Um, so, you know, anyone can do it, and there's kind of a, a single baseline for everyone's on the same page um, when they're uh, chosen because it's just, what is the talk? And then it's that interesting. Okay, and let's invent and make sure this person actually does have some experience with it so they can have good content. Um, and it's not just going like, well, I just read the readme like a couple days ago, so I think I can talk about it. You know, well, they don't need to be some, like ripping god who like knows everything and uh, fully understands what a monad is, <laughs> um, which hopefully more people will know uh, after your talk. Um, yeah, it's not some like uh, magical like black box process that involves backroom deals. It's you know a lot of them are. Uh, you know, there's some of that to get, like, you know, big names in. So, like, I went to RailsConf and um, 
2015, and you know, Aaron Patterson and uh, David Hemmer Hennison uh, talked there. You know, who are DHH created Rails, and uh, Aaron Patterson is huge in that community. So obviously they got them, but there was a whole slew of other talks from people that I didn't know, um, but had great content to provide nonetheless. Um, so you know, it's usually a mix of that stuff, but. You can be up there with those people who are the untouchable gods of the you know various communities of uh, coding that you're involved in. Um, it, it, there, there really is no like. It, it's not like they're gonna put like one podium higher up, like so it's like you know, Olympic podium style. <laughs> you know, like okay, you you can only talk at level three. Um, you know, you have to work your way up to the level two podium that includes the extra lighting and you know loud speakers and stuff like that. You know, for instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're done, you know, fireworks come out. Um, no, it's it's all the same for everyone. So, uh, don't live code. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, well, don't live code unless you've done it a bunch of times, and even then, don't live code. Um, yeah, on that, I, uh, my talk at two thirty will be pretty much just live coding. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, totally. If you are going to live code, like I've, I've done that, walked through this live coding like probably a dozen times. So yeah, you do need to be prepared if you're going to live code. Um, and, and you have to be able to, like, it's, I, I find that talks that are like, here's how you use this API are not very exciting or interesting or inspiring. Um, so like if, Whatever it is that you do, um, like your goal should be to um, entertain and to inspire um, and inform. Um, and I think those are the best talks. So however you accomplish that, whether whether it's live coding, live coding is probably a little harder to do that. It's, it's easier to slip into the this is how you use this API kind of talk with live coding. Um, but yeah, whatever it is that you do, like I, I think those are the most interesting talks to me. Actually, Ben Ornstein gave a talk at um, RailsConf a couple, like a year or two ago, called How to Talk to Developers. Like, amazing, amazing talk. Um, I, I have rewatched it several times, um, and it really changed the way that I think about talking to, uh, in, at conferences. And, and his thesis for his talk is basically, um, it's more important to be entertaining than informative. So if you can be both, that's great. But at, at a conference, um, like, it, yeah, I, I think entertainment is kind of like paramount. Both is really important, though. Just look at the presidential debates, and you'll understand <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that, that throws a third one in there, memorable, and, uh, but not for good reasons. <laughs> so, um, awesome, yeah, thank you. So I think, um, yeah, we, we are uh, running out of time. So let's just wrap up and I'm, I'm going to give you each uh, just a second to give a shout out to whatever uh, whatever you want normally we do like tips and picks at the end of the show we don't have time for that um, and so uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to our silver sponsors uh, Hired.com where they uh, bring job offers to you uh, or yeah I'm not sure what the tagline is anymore but it's a good one go check it out um, and then uh, React.js program helps you learn the React ecosystem so check them out too well, I can't. I can't say that my pick. Uh, for very selfish reasons, but also for altruistic reasons, I don't know how I ever would have come up with that idea. Um, so I think that's a really good story. I don't know how I ever found a book issues with that story. So, um, if you have a moment, go ahead and check it out. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that because mine's real estate technology and nobody here is a realtor. Uh, it, yeah, it, it basically you drop some JavaScript code on a, on a page and then you basically get like recorded sessions of everything that happened on there. So all the, um, the HTML, CSS and stuff gets basically copied and all the manipulations that happen get shown to you and you can watch in excruciating detail as somebody misuses your application <laughs> um, but learn like why that stuff does or does not work. Uh, it's amazing that it works at all. Um, uh, they, they have a lot of smart cookies on that team, uh, Stephanie included. Uh, and then, um, I don't know, I guess my talk tomorrow, please come see it. It's at 1020 and if you're uh, not here at Connect Tech, definitely go to connect.tech and check out this conference. Um, I will assume they will do it next year, and uh, it will be similarly awesome, if not more. So that's my pick, is this. Uh, shout out to all of the people that are about to submit their first CFP. Yes, please do. Yeah, so I'll give, I'll give a shout out to my talk that's later this evening, um, like I mentioned, but also want to shout out Eventbrite, my company as well. They're super supportive of me going out to speak and give me the time off to speak, which is key in being a speaker. Um, I'll also say that we are we're more than just an events and ticketing company. We're also an engineering company, so we're kind of beginning our foray into open source. Uh, we don't have the people to maintain huge frameworks yet, but what we're contributing is kind of our ideas and our patterns and our best practices and our guidelines. So if you go to our GitHub, Eventbrite's GitHub slash JavaScript, we have a lot of documentation on uh, how we go about writing JavaScript and ES5, how we go about writing Backbone and Marionette, React, React testing, and, and stuff like that. So check that out. That's my tip. And that's it for us. Thank you so much for watching, uh, and we'll see you all later. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.